fuck about is everything that we know I heard you got a fucking problem, bitch, I bet I beast Ain't no need of reach, I don't need a piece I just kill them with kindness, yeah, we leave them deceased And tell it like it is, and now you gotta compete Show Let me, me bring it back down They think it's a game right now yeah. But it ain't the same right now Know my name right now yeah. Back where I came from now We gon' live it up Think it's a game right now, but it ain't the same right now. Know my name right now, back where I came from now. We gon' live it up till we bring it back down. I hope you live a long life hating and watch every Grammy just to see who they nominating. Uh, so successful they probably say I signed with Satan. But I got God on my side, always down to ride Don't get it twisted, I ain't perfect in the least. I'm still all up in your girl jeans like a crease, like a crease. What's happening out there, my friends? So today was going to be a very tough video and podcast for me to post. This is something very personal to me, and this is something that's going to be a little bit difficult for me to talk about. And I think it's just something that needs to be talked about because it's not talked about and not brought up in people's lives or schools or in anything in the world. <clears throat> so... When I was in the gym today, riding the bike, doing my five mile minimum a day thing that I've been working on to get better for my boxing career that I hope is going to start up again in the next year or two. I'm still working with my knee injury that's getting 100% before I can convict, before I convince myself to start back into the gym and working like I used to with boxing gloves and all that. So I got to thinking about what I was doing before I found boxing and before I found this passion that I am so in love with and it's so hard for me to walk away from, which it was when I got hurt. When I tore my MCL, I was devastated when I had to put my gloves down for two years to recoup and become healthy. So I just want to ask one favor out of everybody before you guys continue listening to this. This is a very emotional uh, podcast that I'm going to post and all that I ask is if you don't listen to the whole thing, all that I ask is that you share it, put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram, tweet Snapchat, whatever. I just want to get this word out and I want people to realize that they can make it through anything. So let's get started. So this story is going to start from about May of 2017. I hit an all-time high. It was the biggest high of my life. I was able to sign contract in the United States Army Depot to be able to say that I'm going to go to basic training to attempt to become a United States Army soldier. And it was a dream that I was pursuing, and it was very difficult because I had to take a test three separate times to get in because I was having a lot of test anxieties and a lot of problems with the test. It was because I was nervous. I was very nervous that I was going to fail and I was going to have to recoup and find something else that I was passionate about. But then that final test hit, I was able to sign the contract. I hit that all-time high. 
And at the time, I was in a three, almost, well, actually, it was about a two-year relationship with a girl from high school. And she loved and supported me going to the military because she knew it was my passion and something that I cared about. So I asked her, are you okay with this? Like, are you going to be supportive during this? Like, I know it's hard. I know this is difficult. I've been through this. My brother left, and it was hard for my brother to leave. So I, I know what it's like knowing that there's somebody at basic training and you can't contact them. You have no way of contacting them. So I left, went to basic training, was having night terrors all the way through basic, thinking about home and thinking about things that was happening that I didn't know about, that I wasn't being told. But you can't think about those things when you're at basic. You have to focus on yourself. You have to focus on what you're doing because if you don't do it right, you're your group, your battle buddies, your platoon is going to suffer because you fucked up. So you have to stay focused and you have to stay concentrated. Like, yeah, you're not old, you're not going to go through base without getting in trouble, at least once. If you do, you're a fucking genius and a god. Because I was very quiet at basic, but I got in trouble once or twice. Boo-hoo. What did you fucking do? You take your punishment, you move away. So then, November 2017 happens put my dress uniform on and I walk across the stage to say that I graduated. I did it. I got the title MP in the United States army. I was able to fulfill my dream. My first dream that I had. I drive from Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, all the way home to Michigan. I think it was about roughly 10 to 12 hours of a drive for me and my family. We drove home. I got home around 2 in the morning, fell asleep, got up at 7 a.m. and went straight to, you know, the girl's house. And you had to see her. I haven't seen her in five months. And it was just so nice to see her and have a hug and let her know that I that I still loved her. And I was so happy that she was still in my life and nothing happened between us. Um, we spent some time together. It was like peas and carrots again. You know, it was you were you were right there. It was nothing changed. And then. <clears throat> I don't know. It was something I dropped her off back at college and it was just something seemed different. You know, she wasn't, you know, hugging me the same. She wasn't talking to me the same. She wasn't acting the same around me. But, you know, I thought it was just me being paranoid, just doing my thing. And I get a text message saying that she no longer wanted to be with me. Instant. I, I, pulled off the side of the road and started crying because I, I, I couldn't believe like what I was reading. I thought I was in a nightmare. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to call. I didn't because every friend that I had from high school that I thought was a friend of mine was our friends because I'm not very good at making friends. I'm not very good at it because I, I see through people and when they cross me wrong, I just, I just want to tell them to fuck off. I never want to talk to you again. This is who I am. If you, you cross me, you're done. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want you in my life. You're bringing on negativity, bad things. I don't want you. I don't want you anywhere near me. I don't want you in my life. So everyone was just kept kept telling me, she's just a girl. It's just a girl. Well, to me, it wasn't just because she left me. It was because I lost everything. I lost everything. I lost my my passion to go to army drill. I lost my passion to go to the gym. I lost the passion to eat right. And I I would truly say that I lost the passion to want to wake up in the morning. I, I could remember times laying in my bed and just asking God to take me. 
I didn't want to be in pain anymore. I was suffering so hard on the inside because I, I didn't know how to talk. I didn't know how to talk to people about it because I didn't want to talk about it. Every time her name would get brought up, I would just start instantly crying. Or the situation, like someone said, oh, what happened between you two? Instant tears. Don't want to talk about it. It was just so emotional because I, I lost my support who supported me to do whatever I wanted and made me want to go back to college because I never wanted to go to college. And then she made me realize that I could go to college. And then all my friend group, I lost all of them because I didn't want to talk to them and then have it weird that my ex-fiance was in my friend group. I, I didn't want that. So I, I asked him who, what I should do. And then we all decided to part ways and I haven't talked to most of them since, you know, I found out the truth three years later that she ended up cheating on me with a dude up at school and was lying about it the whole time I was gone and just pushing me along, pushing me along. And then instead of telling me to my face, I get a three and a half year relationship breakup over a text message. So I'm at an all time low here, guys. You know, it was horrible. I would go to drill and so drill weekends were normally Saturday and Sunday and some of them were Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I was 19, about to turn 20. And I would literally go to Little Caesars, get a pizza and breadsticks. And I would sit in this hotel room by myself in the dark. I wouldn't even turn on the lights. And all I would do was just drink Jack Daniels and and eat pizza all night until I would pass out from being drunk. I, I couldn't go to sleep without alcohol or painkillers. I would take painkillers and I couldn't even. It was just something in my head that was going on that I couldn't get myself to relax or to forget about it or get it out of my head. It was because it was more than a breakup. It was a loss of everything that I had except family, but I didn't want to be around my family because all they were saying was get over it or she'll come back. Deep down, I didn't want her to come back because if you're going to cheat on me, I don't want you anywhere near me. But then my family would say, just get over it. Well, it's hard to get over a three and a half year relationship so quickly. I'm I lost my friends. I lost her. I lost everything. I lost my passion to go to the army that I worked so hard to get to. So I would sit in my hotel room and just drink and drink until I would pass out. And then my alarm would wake up and I'd feel horrible. I'd have to clean myself up so my sergeants and everybody at higher ups wouldn't realize that I was drinking alcohol because I could get in trouble. And I didn't want them to know that I was swallowing painkillers. Pain and they would take away the things that I was doing to myself. I would take sticks and hit my ribs and hit my stomach and hit my legs because I was becoming this fat slob that I didn't even enjoy looking at myself in the mirror. I would look at myself and see this fat, flobby thing that was not the man that I knew three months ago. And I would take anything I could find, little steel rods, and I would just bang them on my legs and I'd be in so much pain I would take painkillers and then I became addicted to them every night taking two painkillers every night and then three in the morning two in that I was just taking them because I was in so much physical and mental pain I was trying to take pills to cover the pain because I didn't want to talk about it and then at night you go home and all you do is sit in the couch you sit on your couch at night in the dark and you put your hood up and you're just drinking and drinking because it's the only thing that makes you stop thinking about her life. You go black. And then what happens do we all know when the drugs and 
the alcohol wears off, you have a hangover. And then hangovers bring depression. Depression brings bad thoughts. Bad thoughts can lead to the thing that you're trying to get rid of, and then you just repeat the process. That's all it was for three, four, six months. And then I'll never forget when I hit an all-time low. And this is very hard for me to speak about, but I know it needs to be talked about. And people need to learn mental depression and suicide. And you need to realize the, the signs so you can try to avoid it and try to realize when you need help. So it was my birthday. Celebrating my birthday. Went and saw a movie with a friend. I didn't even care. I didn't even feel grateful for a birthday. I didn't I didn't care. I'd wake up every morning and, and look up at the ceiling and be like, why did I wake up this morning? I lost the, the will and the want to wake up every morning. I was hoping when I would drink so much, I would die from alcohol poisoning. That was what I was trying to do. I was trying to go to sleep and pass out and never wake up because I didn't want to wake up anymore. I didn't feel like I deserved it anymore. So then... My birthday rolls around and I celebrate my birthday. I do that. I, I hide everything on the inside. And then it's, it's something inside me broke that I said, I can't take it anymore. I can't take this pain. I can't take this drinking and drug and swallowing pills every day. I can't do it. I can't do this anymore. And I looked up at myself in the mirror and I said, that's it. I'm going to try and commit suicide. I'm done. I don't want to live. I don't want, I don't care. I didn't care what my family thought. I didn't care when my parents were thinking of, I didn't care. I didn't care if I left my brother and my sister and all my family and all my loved ones behind. I didn't care anymore. I just did not feel happy with myself or my life. And I was done. I wanted the pain to stop so bad that I thought, if I kill myself, it'll be over. I won't feel pain anymore. I'll go to a better place. I will go to heaven. I will sit in the clouds and be happy. That's what was going through my head. So I went down a dirt road, drunk off my ass. And I was driving and I looked at this huge tree that I like walked up on it, checked in. And I could tell it was a really strong, thick tree. And I decided, you know what, I'm running my truck into this fucker and I'm going to try and kill myself. I unbuckled my seatbelt, gripped onto the steering wheel, put my pedal to the floor and I just drove. I saw it coming, closed my eyes and I took a deep breath and I was like, here we go. I opened my eyes and I was in the ditch. I apparently missed the tree. I missed I kicked open my door and started screaming and crying. Why didn't this happen? Why? Why? Why am I still alive? I'm supposed to be dead right now. And you know, most people you would think is, oh my God, I need help. No. Next, how else can I do it? I'm done. I don't care. I'm dying. I don't want to do this anymore. I went and sat on a bridge and started thinking. And I just looked back and I said, you know what? I went to my truck grabbed a huge knife out of my truck and I took a knife to my arm and I tried to slit down my wrist and it cut deep but it didn't cut deep enough to cut the artery because what I was trying to do was cut the artery and fall back into the river and I wanted to float and never be found I just wanted to be alone because that's what I felt I deserved I deserved that loneliness that decision of mine to to do it that's where I felt like I deserved to be, was in the river by myself. 
No one needed to find me. I didn't need a casket. I didn't need a funeral. That's where I belonged. So it didn't work, and I bandaged my arm up. I hid it from my parents for a long time. And then I said, you know what? I need to go home. I drove home, got drunk, went to bed, went to work, and then I thought about it. You know what? My parents aren't going to be home tonight. I'm going home, grabbing a shotgun. I'm ending this. Went home downstairs, opened up the safe, grabbed a 20-gauge shotgun, loaded it with shells, racked one. I said, God, please take me home. And I pulled the trigger. And all of a sudden, the bolt, the trigger went click. It didn't go off. The gun was in my mouth. I pulled the trigger. The, the safety was off. Everything should have worked. I threw the gun away from me and instantly started crying. Cried for at least 10, 15 minutes. My shirt was wet. I couldn't even recognize myself. I said, what the hell is wrong with me? I put the gun away and I ran upstairs. And I said, I need to go take a shower. I need to I need to calm it down. I was sweating. I was crying. And I knew my parents were coming home. And I know I needed to clean myself up because if they came home and saw this, they, they were going to be a wreck. So I went in. I took my shirt off. And I looked at myself. And I couldn't even recognize the person I was looking at. I started punching my ribs as hard as I possibly could. I was hitting myself in the face. I busted my lip open and my lips were full of blood and I spit probably at least a good chunk of blood into the sink. And I looked up and I screamed at myself, you will never do this again. You will never drink to get like that again. You will never take or even think of suicide again. You will never ever do this. Turned the fan on and went into the shower. And then from that day on, I said, every single day, if I'm going to listen to music, it's going to be good music. If it's going to be anything, I'm going to listen to motivational speeches on how to get myself better. And then, you know, it was working for a little while. And then I said, okay, I need, I need more. I need more help. So I went to a therapist that I found online, and she agreed to, to like, keep it confidential and it was just gonna be me and her nobody was gonna find out about it I went to the counselor and she kept asking me why am I doing this why am I feeling this and I, I couldn't give you an answer but then I realized that I I built this temper on the inside when you would ask me about her or the situation or my suicide I'd get so angry that I flipped her desk and slammed it on the ground and I kicked the chair back and I didn't even realize I did it and she said Parker what is going on I said I gotta get out and I ran I ran I drove for hours and I sat and down dirt roads and just thought and I said you know I can't talk about this so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna think of things that made me happy what was I doing that made me happy what did I do that gave me purpose gave me happiness not for somebody else not for anybody but me. And the first thing that came to my head was when I did MMA and jiu-jitsu at a small school by the, by the name of SFS, Scorpion Fighting System. And the head coach's name was James, James Gray. I met him when I was 10 years old. And it just made me feel so happy because I was welcome there. No matter if I was fat, skinny, big, amateur, a professional, it didn't matter. You were welcome. And I said, I need that in my life again. So I started look, I found him on Facebook, found his gym, and I walked back in. And I said, I, I, I want to 
come back. In my head, I said, I need to come back. I need to come back here. And I walked in, took my hood off, and James walks over and says, oh, my God, Parker, how are you? Shakes my hand, gives me, like, a little bro hug. And instantly, I felt so much better because I was welcomed somewhere. And it was old friends that I haven't seen in seven years. And they remembered me and welcomed me back with open arms and said, are you coming back here? And then after everyone said hello to me and welcomed me back, I went straight up to the front desk. I said, I want to sign up. How do I sign up? When do I sign up? I didn't even go home. I didn't even think about it. I instantly said, I'm going to do it and I'm going to go full time. I'm not going to be unhappy. And then I would come to class every single day. I would box. I would do MMA. I would do jiu-jitsu. I'd learn submissions. I would learn how to punch. I would kick. I would do everything. I would spar with professional fighters. I didn't care. I didn't care if I got my ass beat. It just gave me purpose. And if you have a purpose in this in the world and you have a reason for what you're doing, what you're doing, you feel so much happier. And the thing is that like, people don't realize that I didn't do this with a counselor. I didn't get better by taking antidepressants and counselors and shit. I did it by myself. I found my reason again. And that's why I have proven and I have told people I will dedicate my life to this sport that saved my life. This sport saved my life. Because without it, I'd be dead. Because if I didn't go back to the gym, I would have tried to commit suicide again. And who knows? It could have worked. It could have worked this time. But then I started to think about all these things that I went through years ago. And I said, you know, I would never wish this kind of thing on my worst enemy. And that's why I'm trying to talk about it and get this word out. Because maybe a lesser woman or a lesser man would have taken his own life and would be dead. And we'd be walking by their coffin, putting them in the ground. And then you'd forget about them until your memory on Facebook came up, oh, hey, this gentleman died last year, and you went to their funeral. Then you start remembering them again. And I said to myself, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be the person that someone's just going to think about every year on my death day. You're going to think of me every day when you see me in the bright lights of that boxing arena. When I knock out the champion, I become the champion. And I prove to all my supporters that they were right to support me. And I prove all you haters and everybody that you were wrong. You were wrong to think that I was that person, that I was that person, and I am that person. I am not that person, and I'm going to prove it. And I am so glad I went through that. And a lot of people say, why? Why would you say that? That is the worst thing you could do to your body and to yourself. Yeah, but if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have this passion. I wouldn't have this drive that I have to wake up in the middle of the night and shadow box in my room in the dark, and then go to the gym at midnight until two in the morning and wake up and do it all over and then go to work and study through college. That is why I'm so glad I did it because I built this person that I am today. And I wouldn't have also done it with all the support that I had through my family, through my fiance now that was going through the same shit. And she helped me see that I have this passion and that she believes that I can do it because I've never had it. I never had someone truly believe that I could do it. But now I do. And now I hold on to her so tight because she's also a reason why I want to do it. Because when I knock out someone and I can make her life better and give her a better life, that's what drives me to go to the gym and go for these mile and mile and mile wrong bike rides and runs and all these other things that I do. So I'm glad I was able to tell this story. And I want you to share this story 
please, for the love of everything that you hold dear to your heart and believe in, share this story. Facebook, Twitter, I want this to get out. I know that a lot of people are thinking that this is pity party and I want always me. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I'm glad I went through it because if I didn't, I think I'd be in a coffin. You guys would have been burying me three years ago. And I would just be another statistic that failed and got caught up with mental depression and suicide. So please share this if you if you are suffering with mental depression or suicide. Get help. Get help. Whatever it is. If you need a counselor, call them. You need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. If it's something that you feel like you lost, find a new passion and get out of there. It is the worst thing to feel is when you are depressed and you have nothing to live for. Please go get help. Thank you so much for being a part of this and all my supporters out there. I love you and I thank you for this. Share this story, get it out and let people know that you cannot go through this alone. You need help. Get help. Please don't be another number on the news where you hear about suicide. I don't want to see any of you in a casket because you failed in your own mind when you really didn't. You're just lost. That's it. You're just lost. You need help. And it's okay to need help. I needed help. And I went to a place where I, where I felt comfortable and I got the help through fitness. You may need it through counseling. You may need it through antidepressants. That's it. It's okay. Take the pill. Go talk to the counselor. Get help. Please. I want to thank all of you for listening to this story. Please share it. Facebook, Twitter, get the word out, please. I want to be able to share this story. I will go on the news and say this story. It does not bother me. I want people to feel better and to be okay. I want you to see that a guy who came from a great family and was a, and was a soldier in the army and has co- almost a college degree went through something that many people don't survive. And if I can do it, I want you to realize you can too. So if you guys need help, if you need motivation, you need support, follow me on Instagram, Parker underscore Reaper underscore Wooden. Everyone, get help if you need it. Stand tall, stand together. Reapers, stand tall.